0: You're listening to Potluck, the podcast that stirs up a unique flavor of people, culture, and brands in Asia. Hosted, as always, by Scott and Drago. Okay, welcome to Brand Burns. Uh, The last uh, segment, Uh, we're talking to Ajay Jilka. Um, Ajay, um, let's start with flavor of the month and flavor of the month is you know something a brand yeah that has come uh, on your radar recently for any reason whether it's about the brand itself its business model a brand activation for any reason whatsoever a brand that's on the tip of your tongue and uh, you'd love to share with us sure um I guess the brand that comes to mind and again I don't
1: necessarily consume advertising I don't watch TV um, I don't really follow the ad space too much but one company that really stood out is Heineken um, so Heineken and I guess the pretext of that is you know with the European Super League all these Big wigs and the owners of the the club saying that like, we're going to break off and create a European Super League for football, mm-hmm. and ultimately it just caused crazy unrest. You see these fan protests, Liverpool like they had burning effigies. They United they have these these fans coming into the stadium mm-hmm. and then just. Just destroying the place and it really was you know you're, you're going to create a famine in, in world football in, in European football specifically but also in world football um, because there's no competitive balance within the footballing space um, and Heineken came out saying with a really really kind of chunk, tongue-in-cheek uh, ad and they said like, you know, drink Heineken responsibly, don't just drink and then create a European football league <laughs> yeah, and proud sponsors of UEFA Champions League since 2000, like 1990 or something yeah. and that's what that why that stood out is that, you know, it's tongue-in-cheek, it gets the point across and it shows loyalty and it's kind of, it's, unique to the brand. I mean, I, I was in Amsterdam probably five years ago, went to the Amsterdam, the Heineken exhibition and the whole story around the brand and it's all built, built around, you know, just having a laugh. It's making people's lives happier. And for them to come out and say that and really take a dig uh, at the these football clubs in a public way, but doing it in a really tasteful way and, and funny way, I thought that was pretty cool. And you don't necessarily see that a lot at the moment mm. with what's happening. It's either awards or you're seeing... These these companies, which are, I guess, in, I guess, kind of related to the next point, which is like they're doing stuff just for the sake of saying that they're being active in a space. Um, but Heineken really comes out comes
0: up to mind. That's an interesting one you're bringing up. It's something that was poking on the on the podcast before. This Kantar research that shows that brands are using less and less humor in their in their comms. Uh, but you give an example of kind of putting humor to really good uh, use, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I think when you're on the side of the fan as well it's, uh, and you're poking something that everyone else is sort of you know, <laughs> hating on, you've got that permission to put your head above the, the parapet whereas perhaps they maybe would normally play it quite safe. Sure, sure. And they you spend
1: are. a lot of money with UEFA uh, with and they're a proud partner. They've been with them for a long time. Um, so I thought that was really admirable.
2: Okay, so let's go on to some brand bullshit now, Ajay. So <laughs> what in the world of uh, brand marketing do you feel was maybe a little bit overhyped or, sure. you know, just, you know, yeah, anything at all?
1: I guess I wouldn't go as far as to call it brand bullshit. I think that's a bit, it's a bit too excessive, but I think you are probably familiar with all the, the hype around NFTs or non, non-fungible tokens and, and gaming specifically. Um, one, I'm a little bit, I wouldn't say suspicious but I'm just not I don't buy into the whole blockchain bitcoin stuff anyway because one I'm bitter because I don't own any so I I can't profit from it but also I just don't quite frankly I just don't understand quite how it works from I understand how it works if you're an investor but if you are then putting that into like I guess the advertising space or the the product space. I just don't understand that. And it's really over the last couple of months you're just seeing all these Forbes articles, these Wall Street Journal articles like saying, What's an FT an FT, how do you get involved with it? And if you're already asking that question, it's like what what's eSports and how do you get on with it? I think one of the things like the, the esports industry, if you're a CMO, let's say, and then someone comes up and here's a report on how do you get involved with esports, it's like you're already like six months late. And I think it seems as though it's a little bit like that, it's a little bit overhyped. But the reason why I don't want to um, harsh on it too much is because I still think there's amazing companies that are doing great stuff within the gaming space. I think one example is a company called Ar- Artifact. Artifact Studios is ultimately. A, it's centered around art collectibles in the gaming space. So, for example, they they create these different products, for example, skins or, or fashion items that you can buy as an NFT, which mm. is then tracked, a unique tracking code. Um, you can't redeem it in the physical world. Some mm. you can, and they dropped their first kind of like sneaker pairs and they earned like three million bucks in like five Five minutes on the first day which is insane and this is not even a physical product and they've just been invested in by and horowitz in, in, in north america so i think nfts great i don't quite understand it i think there's a lot of opportunities immediately i think the companies that are going to win are companies like that you know are really actually going to building a business model around it, as opposed to Let's, let's see how an NFT works for me for a brand campaign. Yeah. I, just, I just don't see how that works.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess in gaming, the that does seem like a use case where you can understand the sense of ownership in the digital realm. I, I own a character, I own a moment, I own a, uh, a specific move or, or what have you, and, and, it's, and it's captured and, and it's sort of ledgered, et cetera. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, sure, it's obviously how that settles down, and is there going to be, uh, you know, is a regulation around that, for example? Yeah, that's, that's, you know, so it feels like the Wild West in itself.
1: Yeah. Sure, sure. And I think that's like all financial regulation, and I think why I is it a regulated industry? I guess it polices itself. Mm. I'm not a subject matter expert on mm. it, um, but what I do, th- why I'm skeptical of it is, you know, you have probably I don't know. I'm just pulling these figures out, figures out. But like I don't know how many people in Asia Pacific are banked. I I don't know. Um, But if you go into a country like Philippines, not a lot of 50, 60% of the population are unbanked. They don't even have a bank account. So if you go and work, again, it goes to my global to local perspective, Mm. like how many people own Bitcoin like I don't own Bitcoin I wish I did but I don't um, so if you're looking at a emerging market like how realistic is it going to be for an NFT to be working if your brand whose business is in the business of selling mm. sugary water or you know um, or, or a sports apparel I, I'm not sure if that works right now but I do agree with what you're saying because the trackability of it the traceability of it the unique ledger the, the ledgerness of it you, know, you can track I own that mm. that's, what's, that's what's so unique about it because it, it's a limited amount of products so it gives this gives rise to this concept of flexing or the reality of flexing online flexing you know I'm showing off like I have Mm -hmm. this there's business of hype which is literally their business is a media platform and they just hype new product drops like get ready for this hype people go out and buy it limited it gets vaporized so I think that that's what's really interesting around NFTs and and gaming specifically that's a a natural crossover Mm. does it work in fashion I'm not sure I quite quite now um, does it work in other kind of fast moving consumer goods industries I'm just not convinced
0: right okay um, we have the last burn now um, which is fortunate failure can you try and think back of you know um, some time in, in the past where you know something went wrong but then it all turned out fine in the end and it doesn't have to be anything incriminating really it could be a, you know a, <laughs> s- sort of a, a small occurrence along the way I think there's so many. Um, I don't want to bore everyone. I've
1: had so many failures, and I continue to have failures. But um, I guess I would track back to 2008 um, at the end of my internship in in uh, in in Hong Kong, and one of the owners of the fund um and this was actually before Lehman before the Lehman crash so I finished the internship in August September Lehman (laughs) went bust and then the whole world went to shit and (laughs) before I left Hong Kong I was just with one of the owners and he's like a heavy hitting individual like he's a super senior guy and kind of no bullshit guy and now he's like saying AJ how was your experience and I said yeah I just don't think I'm cut out for for the for the financial world and he was like um you know look, this is one area of commerce man like this is uh this if you i guess you're not cut out of it it's an apt apt term to use or phrase because not a lot of people can kind of hack it in the financial industry Mm. it's kind of kind of cut through industry and i failed during that internship like from this from the point of you know the investment manager saying like did you like not wake up this morning what what is this like did this is like a child fan it's like a stir fry like and then they teach you how to like again to the point of like communicating very simply to someone who doesn't know what you're trying to talk about i think that was a failure in the sense that again if you want to if you want to put together ideas just make it simple because if if you take this and give it to someone else then make sure you can decipher something quite complex something quite simply so I think that was a failure from that period of time it was kind of crushing but I learned so much from it because um, one I learned that you know there's no quick fix to stuff you have to do your homework you have to grind it out but also two you know there isn't finance and all that it wasn't at that time wasn't just the world that I thought I was going to go into there's some other areas of of commerce that and also having a career in sports is something that probably was inspired by that failure
2: So, before we say our goodbyes, AJ, we have one final thing we'd like to ask. Uh, later in the year, we're planning to launch a, a mini-series focused around the theme of food. Um, and from each of our guests, we'd love to get their take on like, what would they be curious to know more about or perhaps to explore in that space? Uh, what may be the intersection of, of culture and technology and, and and food? So, what are your thoughts in that, in that area, AJ? I think
1: one of the things that I'm a bit of a purist and traditional guy I like to actually go out and eat um, and I, I don't like to sit inside funnily enough I don't order stuff online but during covid specifically where i was at i guess for the last 12 months it's the the ease at what you can order something i mean it's in it's insane i can order a coke and some guy will come on his motor scooter and he will deliver me a coke if i want it and that's just i think that's great because it shows you the convenience and if you want something but I think it's something really negative that's impacting our environment right I think at the end of the week you've probably just got a pile of all this plastic and all this crap which yeah. you've accumulated in your house just because of your own laziness whereas mm-hmm. you can go out there and either make it yourself or if you go out and enjoy a meal with other people obviously is circumstantial and it's not that ideal at the moment. But I think technology has also improved the way that we can buy food. Um, but ultimately, I still think there's an innate cultural aspect of you know sharing a meal with someone or going outside and looking really what where does that food come from. I think Andy Puticum the owner and founder of Headspace, um, which I'm a, I'm a, I'm a user of it and I'm not advocate, I'm just not an advert by any means, but I listen to to what he has to say and I meditate every day. And he's like saying just like if you're gonna before you even look eat your meal, going to understand where it's come from, or where in the supply chain it's come from, like as opposed to just eating it. And I think generally speaking the convenience of food delivery um, it has made us a little bit lazy in the way that you know really appreciating what we're, what we're putting in our body so I'm curious to see how that evolves you know are people going to continue oh. to be I can just order in I'm too busy I'll just order something in and then the human cost of someone guy rushing around the city st- drenched in sweat just to give you your meal mm. I think that's that's something that we need to be a bit more cognizant of it's not just a it's not just a robot delivering it to you I think it's you know, for that convenience, there's a human cost to it.
0: Fantastic. Ajay, thanks so much for thanks, uh, coming on the podcast to stir the pot with us, for sharing your personal stories and your uh, thoughts with us. It's been fun. Yes, yeah, it's been fantastic, Ajay. Thank you so
2: much. Um, if you like what you hear, please click subscribe and keep those suggestions coming for new guests and topics to cover. So in the meantime, keep, keep it brewing. brewing.